Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And today we're again talking about end of your resources and some of the ways that you can support and give back to your community. Joining us today is Tiffany Carr, Community Engagement Coordinator at Michigan Veterans Homes. Jody Thompson, Director of Psychosocial Services, Quality of Life at Michigan Veterans Homes, and Ronnie Cyrus, a board member for the Michigan Heroes Museum. We have an exciting show for you today. We have great information and we have ways that you can participate and help out this holiday season with veterans. We hope that you are doing well and just remember that if you need anything or if you're struggling you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHFET or you can call 1-800-273-8255 and press one which is the veterans crisis line stick around for us we'll be right back on the veterans perspective welcome back to the veterans perspective Today, again, we're talking about end of your resources. And, you know, before we get started and dive into our conversations, um, I, I just want to re, re, remind you all that the holidays, as we all know, can be a joyous time, but it can also be a time of stress. It can be a time where um, veterans and their family members are more depressed um, for a variety of different things. So I just want to remind you all in the hustle and bustle of the the holiday season and all the things that we have going on right right now I have kids coming home from college and trying to get my house ready for that it's stressful so remember to practice self-care remember to make sure that you're looking for ways that you can take some time out to just be with yourself and do some things for yourself and so there are tons of resources out there to support you if you're looking for some and you don't know um some of those resources that may be uh, free or veteran specific, you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. So, you know, and talking about, you know, uh, the holiday season, I wanted to bring on uh, some of my favorite people from the Michigan Veterans Homes to talk about some of the things that they're doing in ways that you can help out during the holiday season. So I wanted to uh, uh, bring on Tiffany Carr, who is the Community Engagement Coordinator, and Jody, who is the Director of the Psychosocial Services Quality of Life. Thank you for joining us today, Tiffany and Jody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, we're talking about um, end of your resources, ways to give back. Can you um, just tell us a little bit about, and, and maybe I'll, I'll ask you this, Tiffany, tell us a little bit about the homes in general. Maybe people don't know what is a veteran's home or, you know, where, where, where are they located? Absolutely. You know, Michigan has worked really hard with both its leadership um, and the current executive directors on making Michigan uh, a state that could be proud of how we can provide and care for our veterans. Um, among the, the three veteran homes that exist in the state currently, uh, there's Grand Rapids here, uh, hubbed right here at 3000 Monroe uh, Northeast in Grand Rapids. We have Marquette, um, also known as the DJ Jacob Betty uh, Marquette home that everyone's very proud in the UP up there to support. And then we have our newest home over in uh, Macomb County, Chesterfield Township um, is a brand new 128 bed uh, nursing home facility to take care of veterans that are in need of 24 seven nursing care. Uh, and we can provide that care all the way from needing um, full-time full nursing assistance, but then also to the end of life, um, which Jody's gonna have an opportunity to share 
um, why it's so important that we have our community involvement and veterans obviously are our number one hands down best volunteers that we could ask for uh, within the home. So three veteran homes across the state of Michigan currently. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. And they are, you know, I, the Grand Rapids home, the new, uh, the newer facility and the, the chest for a home, they're beautiful facilities. If you're looking, um, for an opportunity to, uh, see how you can maybe live there, you can visit michigan.gov slash MVH and find out more information there. And so you mentioned something about, um, you know, all the way to the end of life. And I know that's a heavy topic, but, you know, uh, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, um, uh, the no veteran dies alone program, Jody. Yes, thank you very much. So yeah, this is a program that's very dear and near to my heart. We started this in the Grand Rapids home way back in 2014. And it's an opportunity where we can um, sit alongside a member that is entering the final stages of their life. And so we have developed a program that volunteers can come and we can sit vigil with them for 24 hours until they pass. So um, it is a very, um, very good program and um, very um, needed, you know, to support the families and to make sure that no one, no veteran, no member dies alone. So, so what does that look like? And I know we, you know, we talk about um, the support of the homes and the wonderful staff you, you all have there, but what does that look like for not only the community of veterans who live in the home, but also those who um, may want to help out in the community? Right, so as a member enters the active dying phase, then we um, elicit a group of volunteers that have been specially selected and volunteered to, to be part of this program. Um, they will come and they'll sit uh, four hours at a time or one hour at a time, whatever they choose, the time commitment's really up to the volunteer. And they will sit around the clock, you know, comforting, providing, you know, compassionate, and just being a presence, just making sure that they're not alone. So, you know, so this is something then that community members can potentially sign up for, get vetted for, and, and take part in? Absolutely. They can call the volunteer office and uh, sign up to become a volunteer and specifically ask to be a volunteer of that program, at which time they will be kind of fit tested just to make sure that they understand what the program is and, you know, what, what they're really signing up for and, and the, the very specialness of this volunteer um, opportunity. Um, they'll get some training on end of life things, what they might see and how, how best they can support a member as they enter the final stages of life. Um, and then they'll go through an orientation on how to sign up when an actual uh, mission, we call them, comes up. Do you know how many veterans have transitioned um, under this program? Yes, we actually keep track of them. And we are over since 2014, we have served um, 290 members under this program. Wow, that is amazing. And so is it is it um, at in one facility or all so of them? far just so far it's up and running in the Grand Rapids facility and I'm working hard as soon as we have volunteers to get it running up in Chesterfield as our brand new facility and then also um, to enhance the program at the Jacobetti home. Um, but we do need volunteers to run the program so well, we'll be talking more about those volunteers after the commercial break, and we'll give you all the number as well. So stick around. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective.
Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We're speaking with Jody Thompson and Tiffany Carr of the Michigan Veterans Homes. And we've been talking about um, some of the resources that are available at the Michigan Veterans Homes and the great facilities that um, are here in the state of Michigan. And we were just talking about the No Member Dies Alone program. And so, Jody, we were talking about some of the um, opportunities, training, and things that volunteers can go through. Can you um, share a little bit about how someone, if they're listening, they want to get involved and volunteer, especially if you're trying to expand to different um, facilities as well, how they can get involved um, with this? Yes, so all they would need to do is call the volunteer office at each of the homes. So each of the homes have their own volunteer office. So you would just call that number and then you would fill out a volunteer application. The staff there would guide them through the volunteer process, at which point, once they're through that process, they would reach out to the No Member Dies Alone Committee, where we would take over and provide some training and um, make sure that they are fully equipped to handle this particular volunteer mission. Do you have a main number that, you know, someone could call for maybe the Grand Rapids uh, home right now that they can take advantage of that? Absolutely. For Grand Rapids, it's 616-364-5331. All right. And we'll make sure that we uh, post that on Facebook as well. Um, and, and so just, you know, before we wrap up this part of the conversation, what do you look for in vet volunteers for this program? Because I can I can just imagine that there has to be a high level of compassion to be able to, to help someone transition into the next phase of their journey. And so, um, you, you know, what are you looking for? Yeah, so when we see a, a volunteer and we have that conversation and we talk about this program, we're looking for, you know, sensitivity. We're looking for compassion. And we're also looking for a little bit of strength because this is not an easy volunteer um, mission. And so we're looking for someone that just wants to be a presence and to provide that, that comfort as they, as they exit and go through their final stage of life. Well, thank you so much for joining us um, and talking about this very important topic and, and for the compassion that you have to lead, you know, this team of volunteers in, in helping our, our veterans who's valiantly served really um, to transition on. And so, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that, that are bringing cheer to our veterans. And uh, Tiffany, I wanted to hear more about the um, Make a Veteran Smile campaign that you all, I believe, started last year. You know, Make a Vet Smile um, has really became a year long. It started at Christmas, but it really has shown uh, to kind of roll over into a year long uh, gift from our community. The Make a Vet Smile really started from Christmas cards of making sure that our veterans, um, you know, some have family, some don't, but we all would love to receive mail. It's just fun to kind of, you know, have that Christmas card, open it up and one thing that we're really encouraging folks this year, it's a very easy way to get your, your children, your family, um, you know, your school groups or what have you involved. But when you send that Christmas card, let your kids draw some pictures. Tell them about what you're, what you're wishing from Santa Claus. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, we love the cards and we love the, the Dear Veteran, thank you for your service. Um, we get a ton of those around Veterans Day, but Christmas time, we really love to, they love to read. And if, and if they're not able to read the card, the staff spend time with coffee, you know, just talking with the vet, reading the cards, showing them the pictures, um, which then reminisce about their, 
family and their children in the time, you know, that just really ring true for them during these holiday seasons. So the Make a Vet Smile is just all about sending Christmas cards to any of the three veteran homes, you know, due to obviously HIPAA reasons, we can't give you specific names, but just make sure when you're sending that card, you you make it personal and you tell them some stories um, and it just really makes a difference. You know, I, I, I could not agree more. You know, it was around Veterans Day and I, you know, I was doing the hustle and the bustle of everything. And I received a card from a fifth grade girl in, in the Detroit area. And it was a card from Girl Scouts, but, you know, she took the time to actually color in hair on the on the veteran that was on the front because she said that there were no girl pictures. So she made it a girl and sent me this card and it just brightened my day. So I can only imagine um, those individuals who are not getting out every day, who are not, you know, traveling as much as we are, how much a card like that personalized means to them. So you're absolutely right. You know, how can, this is how we can be involved. And, and I know last year you all were doing some, you were accepting videos too. Is that not the case this year? I'm just, I'm asking because I know that there were some people who were interested in that as well. We didn't launch the video portion um, of it, um, but certainly, you know, through my contact, if someone had a lovely video, we, I would love to, I can certainly push that onto the staff. We can take iPads up and, and uh, see some kids singing some Christmas carols or whatever fun, uh, heck, even TikToks are our fun family <laughs> event to do uh, the this season. So we have the technology to be able to share uh, wonderful stories as well. We just didn't we just didn't do it through one mainstream media. I gotcha. Well, TikToks are the thing, and I I would love to see you know I I, I would love to see them playing Fortnite and watching TikToks. I think that would be so cute. Um, <laughs> so, uh, how can people actually send this information? Like, where can they go to say, look, I want to send a card. Where can they go to get the address to maybe send a gift? Like, where can they go to do that? So the main area to be able to do all of those things and to find the information specific on uh, each home's address would be at the michigan.gov backslash MBH. Within there, you can dive into um, under support, MVH is where you'll find the ability to donate to each individual home, as well as individual projects that um, may be occurring at within the homes. Um, but then it also lists the addresses. So that, that's the best way to reach out to each home in your community. So you can donate to one or all three of the homes. And uh, again, they're, they're looking for uh, cards. What other items are you able to accept? All three of the homes are always, obviously due to COVID, where we are out in our communities, they are starting shopping trips and different things. Um, but many of our veterans live on a, a limited income. So we are always in need, believe it or not, of some good old Coca-Cola to hot cocoa to uh, individual packaged snacks, uh, you know, chocolate Hershey bars and Reese's peanut butter cups. I think we may, we should take stock because our, our community has donated uh, good chocolate to our veterans. And they just, they just look forward to a treat, you know, here and there and not have to try to find the dollar or dollar 50, you know, to buy it themselves. So we're always in need of that type of um, snack and beverage for our veterans. Some of the other fun things they like is Sunny D, um, uh, traditional flavored waters on the healthier side for, you know, our doctors and nurses love to see the healthy side of us as well. So um, so those are always great um, opportunities. Each home has an individual wish list listed on the michigan.gov backslash MVH 
where you can find the individual home's needs specific to those veterans are caring for. Everyone has a little flavor and different uh, tastes. So you can certainly print that off and you can do drives within your Girl Scout groups or, or church groups or what have you to kind of do those tangible items. And then it also lists how each home is kind of building for their life enrichment fund. And that fund's 100% dedicated to the quality of life of the veterans we care for. That's driven um, and 100% of the donation is given direct to the veterans. There's you know, no additional cost or overhead taken from that. So donating to the veterans homes, probably one of um, what I like to say is probably your best gift for that hard to buy person. So you can certainly do in honor of someone um, and just let that loved one know that you know, you gave to the, to the Michigan Veteran Homes in honor of them for Christmas. Well, that's great. And so people can drop off items too, potentially, if they have like big box items they want to drop off for the homes. Yep. Those wish list items can come just to the main entrance of all three of the homes. You, typically, our, our security team and or our volunteer donation teams will receive them. We can provide you with a tax exemption form. Uh, which can also follow up with a thank you note uh, to your group or club. Um, so absolutely. And there's someone here 24-7 to accept those. Well, that's wonderful. I love what you all are doing at the homes. I want to thank take this opportunity to thank both of you, uh, Jody and Tiffany, for coming on and talking about the Michigan Veterans Homes. So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. And just remember, you can find out more information at michigan.gov backslash MVH, as in Michigan Veteran Homes, MVH. Stick around. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me today is uh, one of my good friends, Ronnie Cyrus. Ronnie Cyrus is vice president of the Michigan Heroes Museum. He is a regional director, a regional uh, uh, person over the TAA program, and he lives in one of my favorite places in Michigan, or, or works at least in one of my favorite places in Michigan, and that's Frankenmuth. So we brought Ronnie on today to talk a little bit about some of the exciting things that are going on in Michigan. So welcome to the show, Ronnie. Well, thank you very much for having me, Zanetta. You know, it's I, I, I love to be able to have you on. I think you were probably on one of our very first shows, but, you know, you... Uh, if you don't know Ronnie, Ronnie knows everybody. So <laughs> he's a great person to get to know. He's one of those people that um, uh, you might not know a person, but he knows a person and, and can get you connected. And, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that. So can you can you tell us what you're doing um, for transitional assistance right now and, 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 and what that means for the state of Michigan? Well, what they have is they have a federal program that's been in existence since 2006, 2007. And of course, it's changed over time. Uh, but the Transition Assistance Advisor Program works with service members that come back to make their state home. So we have Transition Assistance Advisors in every state, including our territories, Virgin Islands, Guam, Puerto Rico. And uh, we have them from Alaska to Maine, uh, from Florida to Michigan, Texas. We've got them everywhere. Some states have two. Some states even 
even have three now. And what it does is it serves as an extended uh, kind of like a tap officer. When we get out of the service, we often go through a myriad or what we call a fire hose of information. And it's so difficult to comprehend and to collect all that information as we're getting out of the service. And it's kind of nice to have somebody who's been there, somebody that's gone through the transition, somebody who's exited and made a successful transition from military life back to the civilian sector and have somebody to reach out to and run those issues, problems that they often have. And when people who may not know about the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency or may not know their local veteran service officers or may not know their county service office even exists, um, fortunately, when they come out, they get the information to reach out to me. And I guess, in a sense, it's all things Google with uh, like military, like I'm the Google for military benefits. So I may not have the answer, but I know where to get the answer. And we cover everything from state benefits, physical and mental health well-being with the Veterans Affairs Administration, disabled veteran benefits, employee assistance, uh, employment assistance, education and training, ESGR, health and life insurance, financial legal assistance, career change, and relocation assistance. That last PCS move that you make when you get out of the service, a lot of young soldiers who ETS after four to six years, they may not even realize that they have a PCS entitled to them after 12 months. So having somebody that they can reach out to that can make those connections within our interstate agencies is a real benefit to our veterans here in Michigan. Well, that's great. Is it is there a time period that's too late to be able to take advantage of your services? Like if somebody's been out for two years or three years, can they still reach out and say, you know what, I didn't really transition properly. Can you assist me? That's a really great question. And the thing is, is each and every service member is different. No matter where they come from or where they're going, they always have something that can come up. I, I had an example. I had a Vietnam veteran who in 1975 had sat in a VFW hall and somebody kind of made a joke and said, well, you're not eligible for VA health care because you were drafted. You're not really a veteran. And as bad as that sounds, and I hate to use that as an example, uh, that was 45 years ago. And for 45 years, that service member didn't know they were eligible for VA health care. And we were able to help that service member get VA health care through the MBAA. So is it ever too late? No. I mean, certain benefits like GI Bill benefits may end after 15 years and certain such. Every service member is different, but you can always reach out. I don't care if it's a World War II veteran that's been out for 75 or 80 years. I'm more than willing to sit down and have that two-minute conversation like any veteran service officer would uh, to find out what that service member may or may not be eligible for. But getting back to that original, uh, that 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 very bad information that that service member got in 1975, unfortunately, and I know the MBAA sees it all the time, rules, regulations, um, Title X codes, they change constantly. So I always tell my service members, no matter how long you've been out, Remember that things change. So what may have been a no answer 15 or 20 years ago may be an answer of a yes today. And of course, there aren't always yeses to our questions uh, that, you know, we don't always have yes answers to our questions. But it's definitely worth having that two-minute talk with your local veteran service officer, your local TAA, or 1-800-MICH-VET, or some of the nonprofit agencies that work with us here throughout the state. 
have that conversation because what may have been a no answer 20, 30, 40 years ago may very well be a yes answer today. And it's important for our veterans to, to reach out no matter where they're at in life, no matter how long they've been out. And we're always willing to assist them like any other veteran service organization in the state of Michigan. Well, and that's great to know because I know, um, you know, when I was coming out and I was, you know, I, I wasn't ready to transition, if you will. I mean, I came out with an injury and so I wasn't ready to go into a job and to all these different things. And so when I was ready, when I was, when I was healthy enough and well enough and mentally sound enough to do that, I didn't qualify for some of these transition programs. And so to know that, you know, if I had a question five years out, potentially that you would, you would give me your ear. I think that's really important. And so for those listening, if you, um, you know, want to get in contact or find out more information about what's going on at TAA, and I know there's two, uh, we have two in the state of Michigan, then you can give us a call at 1-800-MICHFED and we can get you connected to Ronnie. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're talking about some of these resources, and I think it's important because we have people who may be coming out of the military probably in the next 12 months who may be visiting home for the holidays and maybe listening to this show to know that, hey, when I get out, I have some some resources. Um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of transition about some of that feel good stuff that uh, that we need to know about in Michigan and, and places that we can potentially go. And I first want to start about, you know. Christmas Town, that's what I call it. Christmas Town. Can you tell us a little bit about Frankenmuth? Um, and 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 I will say I didn't know this place existed. And I've been living in Michigan for for probably a good 10 years before I knew it existed. But can you tell us a little bit about it? Frankenmuth, Michigan. It's so about 15 minutes north of Flint. It's a really small town. It's actually, we call it a German village and Christmas town. Um, it was uh, founded by 11 German families back in the early 1800s. They were German immigrants and they came over here. And a lot of people know Frankenmuth for things like Bronner's Christmas Wonderland, the Silent Night Chapel, uh, chicken dinners at the Bavarian Inn or Tiny Zender's Restaurant in, in Frankenmuth and everything that Frankenmuth has. It's the largest um, tourist area in the state of Michigan. And they do tremendous things, not only within the community, but within the state. And they have a very, very special place there called the Michigan Heroes Museum. And the Michigan Heroes Museum, we also provide a veteran service officer there once a week. Uh, every Monday, we have a veteran service officer on staff there at the museum. But that museum houses a couple of different things that are very, very special to our service members here in the state. We have over 850 stories of Michigan service men and women who have done some pretty extraordinary things. And it's a museum about service. It's not a, it's not a war museum. We don't glorify the battle of, of World War II, the Civil War, World War One, We talk about the service members that served in those conflicts. And we have some pretty amazing stories. Um, one of the stories we have is Wally Triplett. And it's my favorite story in the whole museum. And Wally Triplett in 1945 was a high schooler in Jonestown, Pennsylvania. And Wally uh, got a letter from the University of Miami that said, hey, we're welcoming you on an academic scholarship. We're, at, we're academic and athletic scholarship. And then a month later sent him a letter that said, I'm sorry, we have to withdraw. We didn't realize you were a Negro. 
Well, mm-hmm. stop and think about that. That was 75, 80 years ago when that happened, 75 years ago, and how much our lives have changed and how much our country has changed in that time. Wally Triplett went on to be the very first, he went on to play for Penn State, ended up in the College Football Hall of Fame, and he was not only the first African-American to ever take the field of play, he was the third African-American drafted in 1949. He was the first African-American to ever take the field of play, and he was the very first NFL player to ever be drafted into the service. And we have his story and his trophies and what he did, what amazing things he did with his life thereafter. So we've got his story there along with many, many others. Well, I cannot wait to hear more of these stories and we will be right back to talk more with Ronnie Cyrus after the commercial break. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We're speaking with Ronnie Cyrus and we're talking about some great things in Michigan. We just finished up, wrapped up a conversation about transition assistance, you know, after service and, and, and ways that you can get support. And then, you know, we, we started talking about uh, Frankenmuth and Christmas Village and, and, and the Michigan Heroes Museum. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, uh, Frankenmuth, where the Michigan Heroes Museum sits. And and just to, to give everyone my experience of going there, if you've never been there, you know, when they say it's like Christmas town, it truly is. It doesn't matter what time of year you drive in there. And it's it's just beautiful. It's decorated. It just makes you feel like you're in the North Pole, potentially. <laughs> and um, my favorite thing there to try which I had never tried because I've, I've, I've never been to Louisiana was beignets. And so what is your favorite thing in Frankenmuth, uh, Ronnie? Well, besides the Michigan Heroes Museum, of course, because I'm so <laughs> passionate about it. I absolutely, that's why, that's why I had the opportunity, I think, to introduce you to those beignets. I hadn't had a beignet up until, I think, 2017. And there's a little place down in New Orleans called Cafe Dumont, and they're world famous. I mean, you can wait for two hours for a beignet and a cup of chicory coffee from Cafe Dumont. And they actually have one in the River Place shops in Frankenmuth called Norlins. It's N-O-R-L-I-N-S. He's kind of play on words, but he actually uses the recipe from Cafe Dumont and they make these beignets, which are like a pastry part donut dipped in powdered sugar. They're not extra heavy, but they are a delightful treat. And it's the only place in Michigan that I know of that I actually outside of New Orleans that you can get the real, the real deal. And it's definitely worth going to. So if you're not counting your calories, and you're not wearing all black, you should go and get some beignets. You will get powdered um, sugar all over you. Yes, you will. But, you know, so that was a that was a very memorable experience. And to be able to start the morning of our tour um, of the Michigan Heroes um, Museum off with that was was really great. And and so I would love for you to share, I mean, because I know you don't just have um you know, military veterans, you have some astronauts um, highlighted there, you have some, you know, you have Medal of Honor recipients, you have uh, folks who kind of fought against the system, I I would say, when when you're talking about 
the the first veteran Wally that we Trimble. just Wally, yeah, I was about to call him Willie Wally. Um, when we talked about Wally Triplet, and so can you tell us some of the uh, a few of the other memorable stories um, of some of the folks in the Michigan Heroes Museum? Yes, we have the largest collection of Medal of Honors of anywhere in the world, and we have thirty-two Medal of Honor stories in that museum, and they're all Michigan men who have earned the Medal of Honor or who are awarded the Medal of Honor during their time of service or post-service. Um, Jim McLuhan, for instance, is a, one of our Living Medal of Honor recipients. He's from Grand Haven, Michigan. He lives in Grand Haven now. He's actually from South Haven. He was a school teacher and he was drafted into Vietnam and went on to uh, do some pretty extraordinary things. And he was awarded the Medal of Honor 48 years after his service. And we have his medal and his story in the museum. And Digger O'Dell, who, uh, the Digger Odell Boulevard at uh, Selfridge Air Force Base. Uh, Digger spent five and a half years in a Vietnam prison camp in Hanoi, uh, Vietnam. He was shot down on his 17th mission in 1967 and spent the next five and a half years uh, in, in, in a prison in Vietnam. And I remember the first time meeting him and he said something so extraordinary that stuck with me all these years. Uh, I tapped him on the shoulder. He thought he was running late. He was actually 15 minutes early. And the fast story is, is that I said, do you ever choose just get in your car and turn the ignition and think to yourself, I'm free today. This is after 45 years of being home. And Digger looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he says, son, he says, some days are better than others, but I haven't had a bad day in 48 years. And when you think about the perspective of somebody that spent five and a half years as a POW, um, it's just, just extraordinary over overwhelming sense of of pride um of almost sadness you know when you think of somebody who lost five and a half years of your life and then at the same time this joyous feeling of man this guy really gets it he really understands what freedom is all about and um to see some of these stories in the museum and what they represent and those stories are told all over the place uh al warden university of michigan graduate he was the command module pilot for apollo 15. uh we have al's uniform in in he all his medals at the museum um, Christina Hammett Cook, uh, the only astronaut from female astronaut from Michigan. She's training for the Mars mission. She may go to the she may go to Mars someday. These are Michigan men and women who have done just extraordinary things and led extraordinary lives and worked so very, very hard. And to see them recognized and have their stories told is wow, well, what an honor to be able to take part in that. What a be honor to be able to share that with not only our our, our citizens in the state of Michigan, but it's really special to get the veterans up. There and they say, oh, wow, I didn't even know this place existed. And, and, and then to bring their family and friends back, it's really, really special. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I thought it was a great tribute to those Michiganders, uh, Michigan connected individuals who have done some great things um, for our country and for our state. And so what you're doing at the, at the museum is tremendous and I applaud you. And I will say to anyone out there listening, that this is a great opportunity to get your family, get your extended family, you know, go on the website and, and I'm going to have you tell us that in, the, in a second, go on the website or, you know, look at the times, the hours, the cost, and take your family out to this um, museum so that you can see um, the really great uh, legacy and history that we have here in the state. And then, you know, when you're done, go try some beignets. But uh, can you tell us where... Um, where they can find out more information about coming to visit the museum. 
Well, we're open 364 days a year. We're closed on Christmas. I take that back, 363 days a year. We're closed on Christmas and we're closed on Easter. And uh, we're located at 1250 Weiss Street in Frankenmuth, which is right behind Ronner's. And we can all be reached. We can be reached at uh, michiganheroes.org. And you can uh, you can leave us an email through our website. And one of the uh, shameless plug I got to put in there is the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency recently had our very first award ceremony. And we are going to have all of those awardees up on the very front when you walk in. You'll be able to see all those awardees from those uh, awardees from this year from the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency and what those service members and what those civilians who have served our service members have done so effectively. So we're going to have a special display for them as well. And uh, I, I encourage anybody that wants to come out, please come out and visit. You'll get a you'll get a wonderful, wonderful experience. You can spend 30 minutes. You can spend three days. It just depends on how much time you want to stay. Now, here's another question for you. If some people, if someone has something historical that they want to talk to you about, maybe donating or they want to volunteer or maybe they want to donate funds, can they also go to michiganheroes.org to, to find that information? And our executive director, John Ryder, is at the museum pretty much five to six days a week. So it's not hard. If, if you do call and leave a message, it won't take you long to get a call back. Well, you know what, Ronnie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to to talk to you and to hear what you have going on. And thank you for being such a resource in the state of Michigan for us. Well, one thing I'd like to say before I end is no matter who you are out there as a veteran, I want you to always remember that when you get an answer, make sure you're talking to a reputable veteran service officer or a TAA or somebody from 1-800-MICH-VET. The reason that I say that is so often veterans are the most well-intentioned service people you'll ever meet. Veterans are just wonderful. But what applies to one veteran may not apply to you, so you may not have gotten the right answer. So if you feel that you've possibly gotten a wrong answer in the past without seeing that answer in black and white, please reach out and ask that question again, because like I said, things change, rules change, regulations change, and what may have been a no answer for you in the past may be a yes today. Well, thank you so much. That's great advice. That's great information. And thank you for joining us again. Thank you. And just remember out there, if you need to talk to someone, you can always give us a call at 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. Or call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. We'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.